Happy Thursday, and welcome to the Better Baseball MLB DFS podcast for today's early slate, kicking off at 2.05 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Yes, that is right, early slate podcast. That means late main slate live stream, tipping off at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard. I am James Grande, joined once again by Colby Conway. Colby, double duties today, two slates, uh, better than one. Uh, that's what they tell you until you look at the player pool um, on this slate, and it is really not the best. It is not the best. <laughs> I I agree. There's there's some spots you want to get excited about, and the next thing you know, I'm sitting here going, yeah, actually, there's a lot of plays that I like in this one. And, I'm, and it's like, oh, well, Colby, who do you like? Well, you know, like John Gray, Luis Robert, Shohei Otani, Wander Franco, Randy Rosarina. Cool. You have four more spots and negative seven hundred dollars. <laughs> so now, what's the move? That's this slate is going to be finding. You got to find the value and hitting on the value. Yeah, definitely have to find the value. Um, and especially a pitcher, things are going to dry up mighty fast. Um, so, uh, and that's what we're going to help you do. So um, again, five game slate. This is the early look. Not entirely sure if Fandle has um, this same slate out, um, but. When we look at Vegas, I'm trying to look to see if we have anything out for um, Thursday slate. Um, you know, this, I mean, what are we doing when decimal places? You know, why why are we opening up our betting lines in decimal places? You know, if I'm looking at a site, I want to see my money line. Okay. Uh, I see Shane Bieber and the Cleveland Guardians as pretty big favorites. Patrick Sandoval and the Los Angeles Angels as pretty big favorites. Texas has opened up minus 240 uh, against the Tigers. Do you see do you see anything notable on the over-under side of things, Colby? No, nothing really right now. I mean, I would like to think that Angels and White Sox is going to go over that mark just because yep. when we start talking about some Angels left-handed bats, and again, I'm a man of the BBP people. I Not many people want to stand up here for them, but I will. There are some notable BVP numbers in that lineup. So I would like to think that game is going to go over. And, I mean, I really like one of the offenses in that Guardians-Royals game, so I wouldn't be surprised if they're kind of the leading the charge and trying to push that to the over as well. All right, well, let's get into it because there is a couple good pitchers to target in that game. Um, well, one to target and one to target, you know. Um, and the one to target using – uh, it could be Shane Bieber. He is the second highest priced pitcher on the day. There's only two pitchers over 9K. It's Shane Bieber, uh, not related to Justin, and John Gray, um, not related to Sonny, as I think. Um, of the two guys of t- price 10K or higher, uh, do you have a lean, either Gray or Bieber? 100% John Gray. Yeah, I agree. I'm right. I'm terrified of Bieber. I mean, looking at his numbers, recent starts, we got four or more earned runs in three of his last five. I mean, he's, you know, some tougher offenses in there, and we can't even bank on his strikeouts. It's not yeah. even like I can sit here and go, you know, maybe he's going to let up three or four earned runs to the Royals if all goes wrong. But, man, I know I got seven strikeouts in my back pocket. Right. I don't even know if I can say it, but four. Yeah, it's been brutal. It's it's been bad, and John Gray's in a very good match. I think he's far and away. Like I I don't want to exaggerate to a point where it's hype, like very much hyperbole. But in a small slate like this, with a lack of proven aces, I mean, where is Gray's ownership going to be? Like in cash games, like eighty five percent, 
90 percent like yes it's, gonna be it's insane high. or yeah, in your gonna, words it's gonna be crazy yeah it's in my words it's gonna be crazy for sure um the only saving grace for bieber i would say here is when you look at the kansas city lineup where bieber has specifically struggled this year has been against lefties and kansas city like doesn't have any it's pretty crazy um they have nick prado mj melendez they have like you know drew waters who's been subpar since coming off the injured list but their best lefty Vinny pasquantino he's out for the year michael massey's out i know they got matt Beattie back and decided to hit him third upon returning which is insane on uh wednesday but like i will back Bieber a little bit here just because the lack of lefties Kansas City has. Anyone else, like what else interests you? We'll just put pitcher as a big conglomerate, not top plays, not value. Like what else is at all interesting to you at this position? I mean, we talked about White Sox being bad against lefties. So you could try to kick the tires on a Patrick Sandoval type. You're not going to feel good about doing it. And if the walks get them, we're in trouble. In yeah. The- outside of that eight and that six not necessarily the most ideal and you would have liked you would have liked to see a little bit more against Colorado I mean I know I think that game, that game was in cores wasn't it yeah it was in cores yep but the three I mean even in cores just three strikeouts across five innings strikeout three of the 15 batters you recorded out you would have liked to see right. a little bit more so I think value could go sample just because the White Sox have no pulse against left-handed pitching it's just you're not going to feel good about doing it. This is one where you put them in your lineup and whatever you do, do not watch the game. Dude. <laughs> until, until you go to Otani's out, then watch the game. But yes, animals yes. on the mound, you turn it, you turn it off, go to a different channel. I don't disagree. Another guy, what the heck happened with the strikeouts? Like this was an, a late round target in a lot of seasonal um, <laughs> spots where you were kind of banking on strikeouts and they've kind of just fallen by the wayside. So uh, I don't hate Patrick Sandoval here. I also don't hate targeting him, which we might get into in a little bit. My one value that I honestly kind of went to was James Caprillion. And you and I have talked about this a lot this week. I mean, on three straight shows, we've now talked about how bad the Yankees offense has been. Four or five straight shows, we've talked about how bad the Yankees offense has been. And it's not like it's showed up in any type of way of late. Um, Caprillion since being recalled has been better ish um especially the strikeouts at least in the last couple starts eight and six his last two starts against toronto and philly and like he hasn't had the easiest matchups over the last month or so toronto philly tampa bay pittsburgh atlanta four of those offenses you expect to see playing in september and october one of them is tampa bay and the other one's tampa bay right so like I'm just kidding. Pitts, the other one's Pittsburgh. But um, like he has been better. I mean, double-digit fantasy points in four of five, two. And so $6,000 against a just dysfunctional Yankees offense in a massive ballpark, in a ballpark that, you know, he can benefit from. So I do have mild interest in James Caprillion. Talk, I want to talk revenge. You know, he was for, former first-round pick of the Yankees that they – you know, he had a couple of Tommy Johns and they gave up on uh, another member of the Frankie Montas deal. So, you know, I, I think you, we could do worse than James Caprillion at 6K on this slate. Absolutely. And like you just said, I would take, 
I'm biased with one of them, but I would take his last four matchups, those offenses against the Yankees. Yes. Easily, I would do that. Easily. And I mean, look at it. Every start, I mean, the the one he didn't, because he had the four and run, so we didn't get the quality start, but he gave us the eight Ks against Toronto. But yep. he's in quality start territory each of his last four. Yep. If it weren't for one earned run and two less outs, he's right in the mix of things. And the pitch count, it's high. They're yep. going to let him go into it. I actually really like Oakland in this one. We'll talk about some left-handed bats against the Yankee starter, but Caprillion at 6,000, and especially on a slate like this where it's like, good luck with some of the positions. Take a low-end SP2 like Caprillion, hope for the best with his floor, and then ride some big-name bats and more expensive bats to kind of fill out the lineup. Yeah, um, just for context, like if we did go Caprillion, John Gray, $4,200 is a pretty good uh, springboard for the rest of your lineup. So... Um, yeah, I, I think Caprillion makes a lot of sense here. You did mention the other side of this game, Clark Schmidt. I do have mild interest. For someone who wasn't a fan of Clark Schmidt, I am a Yankees fan um, by day. Uh, and I, I wasn't in love with what Clark Schmidt was doing earlier in the year. I also, like he has pitched better, but now he's not striking anybody out. He had a massive strikeout rate to begin the year. Now we're not getting strikeouts, so uh, tough to really like get fully get behind him. Um, I do have mild interest because it is Oakland, but uh, as we saw, if he's going to be, we saw Domingo Herman's ownership come in on Wednesday slate. If Clark Schmidt's going to be the most popular arm on a five game slate, I'm perfectly fine with me. Um, why don't we go into our infield breakdown here, Colby? Um, what do you got for top infield plays on Thursday's early slate? Well, I mean, there's a particular guy who, per DraftKings, noted first baseman. Noted first I'd baseman love, is I'd accurate. love to see it. I would love to see it. Um, Shohei Otani, obviously, you know, rinse and repeat with him. You don't really need to talk too much about him. But what I will say with the Angels lineup, Lance Lynn has a problem with left-handed hitters. He does. That's going to be a little bit of a theme that – I know I'll be touching on a little bit here, but Otani's in a very good spot. Love some of the raised bats. I'll kind of let you talk about those. And then one other guy in this Angels lineup, all I'm saying, I give the Angels a lot of crap for where he's hitting right now, but Mike Moustakis is 5 for 18 with three homers in his career against Lance Lynn, and he's looked half decent since joining the Angels here hitting in the middle of the lineup. So Moustakis is going to be a guy that I think I may just be plugging him in on such a small slate. I'll, I will take any lefty bat against Lance Lynn that I can get. John would be John would be mad at me if I didn't do this. So you're telling me the moose is on the loose. Ooh. The other night it was steer runs like a deer. Now it's the moose is on the loose. That's but, John's. That's actually a John. The the everything oh. else that we can point to is usually me. Every corny What phrase. an impemba impression. Yeah, it is. It is. It is a <laughs> That is, he asked me every single course slate that there was a righty when before he was traded um, if the moose was going to be on the loose. And typically I said no. I, I usually it was just like, no, uh, Mike Moustakis not. But he has, like you said, he's been good. Like he kind of has been. So um, I like it. And and to your point, Colby, just to, to bring this to drive home your point, Lance Lynn against left-handed bats. 350 average. Over 1,000 OPS allowed, 445 Woba. Like, dreadful numbers. Righties are not doing anything against him, but he throws a cutter that doesn't cut at 37 years old, and uh, that would largely do it when it sits over the middle of the plate. So, um, 
yeah. Can I anything. can I raise you a five seven nine ERA on the road too? Yeah, I mean that's yeah. Just throw we're going all in here against Lance Lynn, and and again like yeah, this is a guy who did have sixteen strikeouts in a game, and I'm I'm happy for him because it wasn't on the main slate, and I would have lost money that day probably because I would have stacked against him, um, or maybe I wouldn't have because Seattle only has like two lefties on their whole roster, but um, he really just has struggled mightily against lefties, and uh, this is going to be no different when the best player in the game is opposing you. Uh, for my infield options, I think there's a lot of really good ones, a few of them on the same team, a few of them not. Uh, I really will just gravitate towards the shortstop position, Corey Seager. And I like Olsen on Detroit, but I like Corey Seager more. He has 31 extra base hits and 48 games played this year. He has an RBI per game this year. I mean, again, like he's probably a Shohei Otani away from being in the lead of the AL MVP race, despite playing, despite playing or spending time in the IL. Um, and you know, if Otani doesn't exist, Corey Seager, probably the front runner there. So I like him. I love Wander Franco, especially against left-handed pitching that the right-handed side of this has always been his better split. Um, and you know, Tommy Henry has been better of late and and I'll grant him that, but, um, Wander Franco, just notoriously very, very solid against left-handed pitching. Um, also, uh, in the infield, I like Cattell Marte, who I asked you, are we getting like 2021 Cattell Marte back? Because the power has been kind of ridiculous of late. Like it went from random 30 home run season to no power at all back to on the way to another 30 home run season home runs in four of five and five of seven games overall hitting a top, you know, one of the best lineups in baseball right now, uh, 5,400 going up against Yanni Chirinos who does not miss any bats. Everything is pitched to contact for him. And then Isak Paredes left, just noted lefty masher. Just like, I mean, everyone on Tampa, they're the number one team against left-handed pitching in baseball. Um, Isak Paredes, no different where can I find him? 4,400. And he's been really good of late. And I'm, I'm actually surprised that he's hitting so well without like there being power involved, because I feel like everything Isak Prades does is power. Um, that random stretch last year where he hit like, he had that three home run game followed by like a two home run game. And then he had a couple like home runs after that. You're like, Oh, this guy put himself on the map. So uh, those are my top infielder plays. And I'll, and I'll give a little shout to Andrew Vaughn as well. He is one of the few, the proud. The, I'm just kidding. The, uh, he is one of the few White Sox uh, that do hit left-handed pitching relatively well. Um, on the year 206 ISO against lefties, 343 Woba. So uh, I'll give a little shout to Andrew Vaughn. I still think he's a little too cheap for um, the matchup. Can you where where is Ezekiel Duran priced at? They've officially moved him to outfield only as well. So okay. $3,400 Ezekiel Duran. Uh, but that's a good transition. If you wanted to go to outfield, we could just go right to outfield and talk about Ezekiel Duran because, again, he is 3400 still too cheap. I wish he had multi. FanDuel, he has three positions. He has second base, shortstop, and outfield eligibility, which, you know, I mean, that's just FanDuel in a nutshell, just giving anybody any eligibility ever. Um, but, dude, like – if he's not on Texas, like he's actually hitting at the top of most lineups right now, right? Like, he, I mean, yeah. this guy has been amazing. 
Yep. And I mean, there he started off like I remember a couple of weeks ago doing the value plays article and was like, he's the lefty guy, I like him against lefties, throw him in any Texas stack. But when you look here in the month of June, looking at his numbers, 19 games against righties, you look at his numbers, we got we're talking seven extra base hits, two of them are homers, nine runs, five RBIs, a 358 batting average. And then we follow that up with a 959 OPS. Then that same stretch, Corey Seager's also up at almost 1200. So that kind of goes to your play there. But Duran's a really nice value tonight, too. Reese Olsen does have some swing and miss stuff. So if if Reese Olsen was literally facing any offense on the slate other than Texas, I would have a ton of interest in him as yep. our second starter. But, yep. you know, that's we that, that, that's baseball. That's a, that's what they say. So Ezekiel Duran's a very good value in the outfield. I hope you agree with me on this one. But my absolute favorite, since there is a lefty on the mound, if you're not going Patrick Sandoval, it's got to be Luis Robert. This yes. guy just – you want to talk about lefty mashers. Yes. That is him through and through. And ever since he didn't run out that ground ball or whatever stupid reason that he, he got benched for, but he's been much better of late. 367 average on the year. He's got six home runs and 60 at-bats against lefty. So yes. one every 10 at-bats. That's a very good metric. And if you like OPS against lefty this this year, over 1,200. Luis Roberts, the top outfielder play outside of Shohei Otani. Yeah, and just to sprinkle a little more on top of that for you, Colby, 400 ISO against left-handed mm. pitching. You, I mean, you mentioned the home run, so like you know that obviously plays, but 400 ISO is absolutely ridiculous. So um, let's look up what do we got for Sandoval here? Obviously, going to be worse against um, righties. Uh, he's been just equally pretty bad against both sides of the, of the split here. So um, yeah, I'm. I'm in love with Luis Robert against a lefty pretty much every single time there is a lefty. I get to him. Same thing can kind of be said uh, when I see Randy Rosarena against a lefty. You can get there. Same thing kind of said when I see Adolis Garcia against a righty. Um, Adolis Garcia has been better uh, against the both-handedness, like both-handednesses, but he has been really, really, really good throughout his whole career against righties. 15 home runs already this year against right-handed pitching 347 Woba to pair with it. So um, I love Adolis Garcia. He's one of my favorite plays of the slate right next to a Randy Rosarina in the outfield. Um, anyone else you have like a lot of interest in out here in the, uh, in the outfield, whether it be spend up or whether it be uh, value tier. Yeah. And I mean, going back to Adelis Garcia, 19 of his 27 homers last year were against a righty. It's been a, it's been a thing for a couple of years that he's just been, there's just some guys that just hit see the same head in this better, you know, and Adolis Garcia has definitely been one of those guys. Yeah, but in terms of value, I know we talked about it for the Wednesday slate a little bit. Clark Schmidt is not good against lefties. No. no. That is his, what is it, kryptonite, I guess as they say. It's yeah. kryptonite. And yep. against lefties, 313 average, 394 OBP, 514 slug. Lefties are getting to him a little bit. And when you look, his, he's had a home run problem at home not on the road, but his ERA up over five on the road this season. So I don't know, maybe a Ryan Noda, maybe hmm. a Steph Brown. There's some pretty interesting value in the outfield. And this slate is so small that like a mini Oakland stack, like when we talked about on the Wednesday slate, when you got, when you got 13 games, it's hard to, it's hard to feel confident rolling out a mini Oakland stack yes. on a five game slate. I think anything goes. I agree. And if you even wanted to like pair a story Ruiz, who at this point, again, is just minus odds to steal a base pretty much every game. Like 
you get a Ruiz on and then a Seth Brown home run at like following a Ruiz stolen base, like you're cooking with gas on a five game slate. So I know Ruiz doesn't, isn't a lefty and that doesn't fit the like Clark Schmidt mold because he has been terrible against lefties. I do agree though. Oakland is very interesting. Uh, same thing can be said about Tampa. They have a lot of really good value in the outfield. If you just take a look at some of these prices, Harold Ramirez, I know he's been bad, but $3,800, he's hit lefties well specifically. Same thing with Jose Siri. I don't know if we're going to get a bat flip against Tommy Henry, but we could definitely get a home run against Tommy Henry because Jose Siri hits home runs against righties. He hits home runs against lefties. The guy just hits home runs. Um, 299, uh, that was against righties. 349 ISO against left-handed pitching this year for Jose Siri. So... If he cracks the lineup, like I obviously have no issues there. Just looking at things, Manny Margot, 326 Woba against right uh, left-handed pitching this year. Harold Ramirez, 450 Woba, just backtrack to Ramirez. So uh, I like all of this cheap Tampa outfield. And Margot, 350 average with a 930 OPS over his last 10 games. And he's always been somebody that has seen lefties better than he has righties. And, you know... You have Wander at 50-whatever. You have a Rosarina at $6,000. If you wanted to play Yandy Diaz and all of his power, he's $5,300. So um, getting a cheap Margot who's going to hit likely in the middle of that lineup, um, $2,700, could be a pretty decent approach. Colby, it is time to go through the Grande's Gems and Colby's Cornerstones. So why don't we start... Uh, at the corner store, Colby's Conway Cornerstone at the corner store. Uh, I tried some alliteration. It didn't work, but we'll just go with it and just go with your cornerstones, not at the corner store. Yep. Uh, for me, the home run call is going to be Luis Robert. Left, <laughs> lefty masher. Give me him hitting a home run uh, in this one. Top stack. I think we only mentioned about 12 of the potential nine starters yeah, for them. So. But the so. Tampa Bay Rays, I think um, so. Easily the top stack of the night, I think, for me. Contrarian stack, let's go at Zach Greinke. I know the other night with when we went Cleveland Guardians bats, it didn't quite work out, but I still like lefties against Greinke. So there's a contrarian stack for you. Star of the night, the only pitcher I feel super, super, super confident in playing is John Gray going up against Detroit. And then my value play of the night, the moose is loose, baby. Mike Moustakis. I hope John on his uh, his cruise abroad is watching and hears this podcast. I, hope, be- I hope he's not watching. There, well, yes, that is also true. Well, I mean, like, you know, sometimes when you're cruising, like, what else are you going to be doing? Like, if you're sleeping, you know, maybe he's just laying down. John, we know John is way too. He's definitely been way too involved, like, behind the scenes this whole time. Uh, he's probably been half the comments on our live stream anyway. Um, for me, uh, Adolis Garcia is going to be my home run call, and I'm going to parlay that with my top stack as the Texas Rangers. I'm actually going to go a little against you here in your Patrick Sandoval call. I'm going to go with the White Sox as my contrarian stack. I do think they do have a few power bats against lefties. One, Jake Berger, you may have forgotten, has a over 300 ISO against left-handed pitching on the year. Um, so I do think they could do some damage. Eli Jimenez, just 4K on DraftKings, is a very good price. Star of the night, I'm just going to stick with Texas and the guy who I think is going to go yard and we've seen hit three home runs in a game this year and have a five-hit game as well. Adolis Garcia, 
And my value play, I'm just going to go right back to the White Sox. Andrew Vaughn, $3,100 over at first base. I really, really like that price. And if you look at the, the history of Andrew Vaughn's career, it's been lefties that he has gotten to the most. So uh, mostly for me, White Sox and Rangers in that uh, in that mix. And um, you had a much wider variety in your uh, corners in your corner store, which you know I, I, more people will probably shop at than mine. Uh, why don't what we? Corner, what corner store doesn't have variety? I know. Well, mine. Look at mine. Mine's just two teams. You know, I'm, people are just picking between Coke and Pepsi. Like you had Dr Pepper. <laughs> you had like Mountain Dew. Like you had like all the good flavors. I just you know. A little disappointed in myself, but here we are. Uh, time to build a lineup, Colby. And yep. uh, I think this is, feel like we're just going to go here uh, with John mm-hmm. Gray as our SP1. I guess the question is, what did we want to do with SP2? Because, like, Sandoval is fine. I think there's, I think pretty much everyone has risk on this slate. John Gray is obviously the safest option we have. What do you want to do? How much, how risk averse are you, or do you want to be here? Because truthfully, I want to play Caprillion, would be my the direction I'd like to go. But I'm going to open the floor to you if you want to pitch Sandoval or anyone else. No, because I think if, if looking how it's going to go with the hitting and like some value that we found with like Oakland lefties and one of six Tampa Bay guys, I think we're going to have enough. I would really like to try to get Luis Robert in there. So okay. I'm okay. I'm okay not going Sandoval. Um, I like Caprillion. Like I said, of all these other guys, like I've talked myself into a mini Oakland stack, which was my second choice <laughs> for a contrarian stack of the slate. If Reese Olsen was facing any other team other than Texas and John Gray, I would love to put him in there. But yeah, I say we save the money, go James Caprillion. It's it's a good matchup. Okay, let's ride. And you know what? I'll plug Luis Robert, and I also want to plug Adolis. I know that's going to take up two of our outfield spots, but uh, I think I think that's we still have nearly five or four thousand dollars to spend. So uh, why don't we take a look at catcher? Not a position that either of us mentioned a single name at. Um, well, I we're mean, paying down, so I'm confident in that. Yeah, I mean Bethancourt is good against lefties he's probably gonna be in the lineup grandal is gonna probably be in the lineup um we're probably gonna get wallach actually or uh we're probably gonna get tice probably plug and play here matt tice i would say so because if you have the money we go angels against lance lynn with tice the moose is loose and otani we're on to something here we're cooking oh i I literally that was literally what i was gonna type by the way i was just gonna type (laughs) moose this isn't MLB <laughs> no. The Show 23 where oh, they can play boy. nicknames on there. Oh, like boy. watching some streamers or like the Commerce Comet and stuff like that. And I'm sitting oh. here for a week like, who the heck is this? And then it all <laughs> then it all checks and everything like that. But no, this isn't MLB The Show. Oh, we do first boy. and last names here, James. Yeah, we do. We sure do. And sometimes um, middle initials. You never know. Logan, well, some some middle initials disappear out of, out of thin air too. Uh, what do we want to do? What do we want to do? Because we kind of have a dilemma here. We have no, we to don't. decide, is it Otani? Is that what we're doing? I say we start there and see if we can make it work. Okay. Okay. Second base. Uh, we have $3,400 remaining. Uh, oh, this God. position sucks. And now <laughs> there is a Jordan, lefty. Jordan Westberg? Jordan Westberg? I wish he was available. I really <laughs> I do. That would be I know. so nice here. Um, Tony Kemp has been pretty good of late. 
if we wanted to go there. Um, obviously not like the best, but it is a lefty that we get. Um, we could also just move on and start somewhere else and look for like anybody else with a pulse at third. Oof. Um, what about, Michael, what about Michael Garcia from Kansas City? Yes, I like Michael Garcia. Um, that doesn't. Oh, he's third only. Shoot. Yeah, unfortunately, we only have. Um, let's. We'll move off Adolis, and we will oh, get we one can... of the cheap. Well, let's get one of the cheap raisin, um, okay. so we can build off. Because uh, I think we're gonna probably want something up here. Um, I don't know if we puts us pretty much in the same position as we just were. Um, what do we got here? We got a Tim Anderson has second base eligibility. That's interesting. Um, we got about a minute left, Colby. What do we got here? Yeah. Go, go. Can we do Tim? We could do Tim. And then we got 3,500 for a third baseman. Ooh. Escobar. Oh, Escobar. He's, <clears throat> he's on the team. He's on the Angels, lefty. Yeah, he's kind of stinks. We could look at him, or if we if we have the four hundred, I saw Andres Jimenez there. Could we look at him against Granky? Get a Cleveland, yes, bat in. We yes, we can. This? Yeah, uh, thirty one hundred, Michael Garcia. Yep. All right, that will do it. John Gray, James Caprillian, Matt Tice, Mike Mustakas, Andres Jimenez, Mikel Garcia. Wander Franco, Luis Robert, Manny Margot, Shohei Otani. That's the lineup. Colby and I will be back with the main slate at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you guys for listening. We'll catch you guys later.